0: Welcome back to The Right Routine. I'm Master Joel, the Reluctant Writers Accomplice. I'm glad to have you back here with me. Today, we are going to talk about Preptober. Let's get into it. All right, you may not have heard about Preptober. It's a part of NaNoWriMo. If you haven't heard about NaNoWriMo, let me tell you what it is. It's National Novel Writing Month, and that Is actually for November. So it's a thing that I didn't know about until I dove into the writing world. It's a thing that people all over the country sit down and plan out how to write their book in October, which is why it's called Preptober. They outline their book, make their plan for how they'll actually write it, and then the whole month of November is dedicated to busting out the first draft of that book. The guidelines are it needs to be, or the goal is to reach 50,000 words by the end of November. So you start and finish your first draft all in November, and it's amazing. And then you can spend the next year, the rest of December, and, and the entire next year editing your book. That's the idea behind it. It's really cool if you are wanting to be a part of something in the writing community, this is for you because if you look up Nanorimo videos on YouTube, um, hashtag Nanorimo, you'll find all sorts of things just for this, and you can be a part of it. So, I hadn't realized that October had even started. I feel like I'm living in a cave or a hole in the ground. Uh, and not a snug hobbit hole. Um, yeah, time is just flying by. Which is a good thing, I guess, maybe not that it really matters in this. The point is I didn't realize it was October and I had forgotten all about NaNoWriMo. And then I saw something on Instagram, hashtag Preptober. And I realized, oh no, NanoRIMO is coming up. I am in the middle of my second draft of this other book. Do I even wanna do NaNoWriMo this year? I don't know. So let me give you a bit of my backstory with regards to NaNoWriMo. I had the goal of of taking part in NanoRimo of writing a novel in a month before I had kids. I think it was what 2020? Yeah I think so. I think it was 2020. And that November I had already written two books that year by hand. And so NanoRimo came up and I my hand was hurting and I wanted to try dictating. So I, that, I got the, um, the Dragon software and I wanted to also try, what's it called, pantsing a book. I didn't want to really make an outline, I wanted to see if I could make up the story on the spot and have it be coherent from start to finish. And my goal was to do it during NaNoWriMo. I had a side project at the time, I was writing a book with my sister. So that i consider to be book four um anyway i was doing them at the same time i didn't have kids then i had all the time in the world i also didn't yeah anyway it's a long story i was stuck in a different country i didn't have a whole lot of things to do so i was doing homework online you know online university stuff and i was a housewife and i was just i spent my time with writing All the rest of the time, the point is, I started NanoRimo, and it was awesome. I was learning how to use the dictation software, so things were a bit iffy. I did my best pantsing this book. It ended up being horrible. I did not reach five thousand words, fifty thousand words. It was like forty-one thousand in that book. But well, with the other book I was writing with my sister, we were both writing it and we got to, I think, 38,000 words. So all in all, I reached the goal. And it was incredible and I loved it. And it's so much fun because you have other people, oh, I am I, finishing my book. Oh, I'm struggling with NaNoWriMo. And you just feel like you're a part of the group and you're one of the cool kids. And that's always fabulous. However, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to reach this goal, and I don't enjoy setting goals that are unreachable. One, I have two kids. That makes things hard and unpredictable. Two, I'm going to be moving back to a foreign country for an undisclosed and unknown amount of time. That makes me sound like some sort of spy. I'm not a spy. Let's just make that official. Um, I don't know how long I'll be there. And when I'm there, because it's kind of a third world country, it's a developing country, I don't have the same time as I do here in the US because I have to do all sorts of other things to make life work that aren't needed here. Um, So I don't know what to do or even what's going to be reasonable because I've never been in that country while I've had two kids. When I had one child, things were awful, but I also was really deep into postpartum depression. This time I've got that under control. So I'm not I'm not sure where to go with that. We'll find out. I did, however, dive into outlining the book because I have learned that I am not a panther. I am definitely an outliner, though I rarely stick to the outline. I need to have it. So in honor of Preptober, I have decided to share some information about Preptober with you in hopes that it will inspire you to begin your own Nanorimo journey and join me during this October time and outline your story and prepare yourself for the Nanorimo ahead. When it comes to outlining a book, I am definitely a plotter and not a pantser. Like I said before, I tried pantsing that other NaNoWriMo book that I dictated and that ended up being much shorter than I thought it would be. I hated it. It was awful. So I'm not going to pants a book ever again unless there's some reason to do it. I really like my outlines, even if I rarely stick to them. So just yesterday I sat down and I made some outlines for my book. In the past, I've only chosen one outline method and tried to stick to it and outline the book. Looking back, I've never done a good job. I, used, I mixed up events with plot points. They're not the same thing, turns out. And I always had a very awkward connection or a lack of connection between the villain and the protagonist. They just never meshed well, they never felt organic, the scenes with both of them. The motivations were a bit mixed up. And I realized that more in depth during this last um, October planning, plotting session. Anyway, a few other things I noticed were, in the past, I've only tried one method of outlining. I usually stick to the one-page outline, and then I would look through and condense um, what I thought were the plot points, which turns out being the events, really. And I would condense them and make them little scenes. I would think of, oh, how could I show this? Well, maybe she could be entering a new city, there's been a drought, she's out of money, and so she has to steal something. That's the first scene. Oh, and this guy's there, That's how she, that's how they meet, and that's where she gets into trouble in the first place. That's how I did it before. I've always deviated from them, especially at the 50% point of the book, halfway through point, halfway point. wow, that was hard. I always deviate from them. And as I progressed, it would deviate even more from the, the plan. So this time I had the idea, huh, I'm doing a writing podcast. What if instead of trying just one writing outline method, why don't I try three? And then I can report on which one was the best. So I don't have a lot of time and I have to stick this in to my working hour while the kids were asleep. Luckily, they took long naps at the same time, which is a miracle. So I picked three methods that seemed the quickest. I picked the one-page outline, which is the one I usually kind of stick to, roughly-ish. I picked the... Mm, the beats, the beat points of the story, and the question arcs. The first one I did was the one-page outline. So before sitting down to do this, um, and I'll I'll tell you how to do it. So if you've never outlined a book before, or if you're just not quite sure which way you want to outline your next book, this is going to be good to listen to. The one-page outline is you basically give yourself one page of paper, and the beginning of the page is where your book starts, and the very last corner of the page is where your book ends. And you stick the whole story and mash it onto that page. You get all your ideas out, all your thoughts out, more or less chronologically, and just squish it in there. So that's what I did, Uh, but I had my whiteboard. So I gave myself a little bit more than one page on that whiteboard. It's a little foldable one. And I actually have a video of it on my Instagram that will probably be out by the time this podcast is published. The only thing I had in mind for the story was the relationship and the origin of the main character and how they got stuck the fact that they did get stuck outside of where they should have been. The idea was, okay, there's this unique being, they want to get out of this unique place, and they think it's fine to leave. They've been given strict instructions not to leave, but they do anyway. They leave and they get trapped and realize, oh, this was a really bad idea. And that's all I had. That was it. So writing this one-page outline, I realized that I actually had a few more little tidbits, little little whispers of ideas. And doing the one-page outline, I fleshed out actually quite a bit more than that, and it was great. So with that done, I put it aside. and. Picked another outline method, which was the emotional beats. I think these are in Save the Cat, I think. I've never read that book. I need to. It's on the list of things I need to read. It's a long list. Um, so the way I understood these, again, I didn't have a whole lot of time to sit down and really look at them. From what I read from my speed reading about how to do this was, you need to pick the emotional beats, the the moments in the story where uh, a lot of emotion is felt and the course of the story changes. And There was a little note there that says emotional beats can be a bit disputed, which made me feel a bit better. So I erased the board, and I started writing. I made little bullet points, and I came up with all the emotional beats that would have happened. That that need to happen in the story. And I knew the first ones, and I knew at this point. I knew a few of the middle ones because of that one page outline. But because of these beats, I found my ending. And it's gonna be great. I've never ended a book like this, and I'm so excited. It's just so poetic and balanced. I'm really happy about it. And I don't think I would have come to that conclusion any other way than with this this beat method. Because I was just searching for the moments that had emotion and where the characters make decisions and when they realize something and it changes their motivations, the moments where the characters realize something. And it was a lot of fun. It was quick. That one took me less than 10 minutes. And then it was finished. So well, that was easy. That's an easy one to do. last one I used was really interesting. It's called Question Arcs, and I've never heard of this one before, but it looked short. <laughs> this time I was pretty sure my kids were waking up, and I only had a short amount of time. So I, well, what you do with this one is you get a piece of paper, turn it over, landscape, and draw a line. The left side of the line is where the story begins, and the right end of the line is where the story ends. And you look at it, and you draw a dot more or less where a question arises in the story. So in my case, this character, at the very beginning, is told not to leave home. And that's when I realized I need to have a scene at the beginning and a relationship between the main character and their parental figure their mentor at the very beginning the person they disobey and that's why they get into trouble and i hadn't really thought about that before i guess i had just imagined oh i need to have it said that it's it's you're not allowed to leave but really i need to have a deep conversation even probably a short one or maybe just have it be mentioned but it needs to be clear that the mentor does not want this individual to leave. Which brings up the question, the little dot that I drew. The question is, why shouldn't he leave? What will happen if he leaves? So that's the first question. And that's an example. Um, I went through and came up with more and more questions. And this wasn't written in the little description for how to write a, a question arc. Uh, outline but turns out you actually have to include the answers when the answers are provided more or less which seems obvious but it wasn't in the instructions um so once i had a few of these uh, questions another one was will he be able to come back because he leaves right when he's not supposed to i don't think that's much of a spoiler he leaves another one is Uh, what will happen now that he's left? Uh, What will they do when they realize he's gone? But as I added more points, I began answering my own questions. Why can't he leave? Oh, well, it's because of this reason. And I, I write the answer down with a dot, more or less on the first third, the end of the first third of that line. Because that's when he gets caught without realizing it. Um, so doing this, you you connect the two dots with an arc, so you can see kind of the rhythm of your story. And what was mentioned in the instructions for this was how a lot of beginning writers have lots of questions at the beginning of the story, and this is totally how I wrote my first books when I didn't know how to do mysteries and I would have all the questions at the beginning and I would save all the answers for the very very end thinking that would be the most powerful and potent but it left the middle completely on its own anyway so if you do this you'll realize if your middle is empty because you're not answering questions until the end if I had done this plot outline I would have realized that What you should be doing is have lots of questions and answers throughout. There should be new questions showing up in the middle of the story. There should be questions being answered also in the middle of the story from the questions from the beginning. You need to make sure that there's always a question being answered. There's always one in the works so that your story doesn't feel flat. So in conclusion, I learned that it's very useful to use more than one outlining method and it's actually possible to use one of these methods in less than 10 minutes. I would also advise you to use a whiteboard because those can be easily erased, you can take pictures of them, and they're fun to use. So why not splurge for Preptober and buy yourself a whiteboard? You could also just use a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. Totally fine. So, make sure to like and subscribe, leave a comment below if you're watching this on Spotify, then answer the questions in the polls. I really want to know what you think. And enjoy Preptober. Happy Preptober. It's time to celebrate the very beginning moments of NaNoWriMo here in October, before November begins. Get to writing! Have a good one. Bye.